local, organic, farm to table, buzzwords that most of us are pretty sick of hearing at this point. And yet, what if local wasn't just a marketing term, but actually a real solution to the supply chain issues we've been facing these last couple of years? I want to talk about that word in particular, and I want to talk about how we can reclaim it on this week's episode of Restaurant Strategy. Don't go anywhere. There's an old saying goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for anyone who's looking. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close, and this is Restaurant Strategy, a weekly podcast dedicated entirely to the hospitality industry. Each week, I leverage my 20-plus years in the industry to help you build a more profitable and a more sustainable business. I also work directly with operators all over the world through my group coaching programs to address and overcome the specific challenges we face in our industry. Curious to learn more? Set up a free 45-minute strategy session at restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. Let me show you how simple it can be to run a profitable restaurant. Again, restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. As always, you'll find that link in the show notes. Thousands of restaurants across the country use Kickfin to send instant cashless tip payouts directly to their employees' bank accounts. The second their shift ends, it's a really simple solution to a really big problem. Because let's face it, paying out cash tips to your workers day after day, shift after shift, is kind of a nightmare. Tedious tip distribution takes managers away from work that matters. It's hard to track payments, which leads to accounting and compliance headaches. Plus, Cash tip-outs create the perfect opportunity for theft, and there's never enough cash on hand to pay out tips, so managers are constantly making bank runs. Bottom line, there's never been a secure, efficient way to tip out until now. Meet Kickfin. Kickfin is an easy-to-use software that sends real-time, cashless tip payouts straight to your employees' bank accounts 24-7, 365 days a year. Tipping out with Kickfin gives managers and operators hours back in their day. It makes reporting a breeze and protects your business from mistakes and from theft. And employees love it, so it's one of the best recruiting tools out there. Best of all, restaurants can have Kickfin up and running overnight. Employees can enroll in seconds. No hardware, no contracts, no setup fees. Get in touch today for a personalized demo and see how restaurants and bars across the country are tipping out with Kickfin. Visit kickfin.com demo. That link is also in the show notes. Now, we're in the middle of a 10-episode arc where we're talking about consumer trends. This is something I've wanted to do for a while, uh, and, I'm, and I'm glad we waited so that we can let the dust settle a little bit, right? We're now, we're now removed enough from the pandemic. We're, we're starting to return to some sort of, uh, some sort of normalcy, but I, I wanted to talk about how the pandemic has uh, affected and influenced uh, the industry, the economy, specifically uh, what it means for us, for all of us here in the restaurant industry. We've talked about uh, the need for convenience and this move toward experiences and the death of the nine to five and uh, you know how people are, are resetting their lives and on and on. Today, 
I want to talk about uh, supply chain issues, and I want to talk about this idea of local as being a response to the supply uh, the, to the supply chain issues we faced over the last uh, couple of couple of years. So, what if we bought and sold local, not because that's what we thought uh, our our people wanted to hear, but simply because it was cost effective, it was more reliable, and it made for a better experience. What if we could streamline the way we do things and support the community around us at the same time? Wouldn't that make them, our community, more apt to support us? Consumers all have choices regarding where to spend their money, but so do we. Could there be a future where local actually makes the most sense? What would that do to our menus, to the kinds of concepts that we created? How would that affect um, awareness for our industry, right? For the challenges that we face. Because we do, we face so many challenges and, and most of our customers, at least this is my, uh, my perspective, most of our customers have no idea, right? They take for granted that food will be there, right? They sit down, they tell us what they want, and we bring it to them 15 minutes later. They take that for granted. They, they, they get what they want exactly the way they want it in a reasonable amount of time every time. And if it's not the way they wanted it, if a mistake is made, right, they go ballistic, they, um, they, they leave a nasty review, they complain to the manager, whatever, it's because their expectation is that they would get what they want, what they ordered. And I know that we go to Herculean efforts to make that happen for each and every guest, every day, every night, day after day after day, and it's exhausting. So what if we could just get everything we needed from the place down the street? What if we didn't have to rely on a complicated uh, supply chain and a, a big corporate distributor to get us the ingredients we need? It's food for thought, no pun intended. What if we used local as the solution to some of our biggest problems instead of just as a buzzword, right? What if we did local not just because we should, but because it made more sense, right? And, and how could we do that? How could we endear ourselves to our community by doing it, how could we uh, how could we wear that on our sleeves as a point of pride? How could and again, this idea of how could we uh, increase awareness with our people by doing it? Could we do it that way, right? Because again, we face so many challenges, and people don't people don't get how hard it is to do what we do, and that's a good thing. We shield them from a lot of that. I always joke around when I would manage. Right, and I have the owners screaming at me, and I would shield my hourly employees from that. That was my job. I felt like I had to shield them from the stress I was feeling from above. And the same thing is true with our uh, with the consumers, right? With our patrons, we shield them from so many of the uh, logistical issues, the challenges that we face. But what if we let them in? What if we what if we went local? And that was a way of letting them in, right? This is what's happened with a lot of restaurants over the last little while, right? That we partner with local uh, farmers, local purveyors, local butchers, all of that. And it's a celebration of community. And that's a really important word, this idea of community. And I think, uh, and I think it's something that's going to become even more important as we continue to, to go further and further past the pandemic. Right, redefining what community means. And we talked about this a little while ago when we were talking about the death of the nine to five, that people lived usually outside of a city, a reasonable distance away so that they could commute into their office. 
right? They didn't want to live in the city necessarily. They wanted to live in the suburbs, let's say. And so they had a community at home and a community in their, uh, in Midtown, Manhattan, let's say, right? They lived in Long Island. They commute into Midtown Manhattan. How does that change? How does that word community change when you're pretty much living and working and doing everything out of your home with just traveling in every once in a while for you know a couple of key meetings into the office? How does that change our our perception of the word of the word local? Right. I've said this before, um, and I say this uh, quite a bit to my clients. So most of our patrons have a real disconnect to the food that they eat, right? There, there's a real disconnect to, to how things wind up on their plate, right? And this is especially in America. We, we show up at a supermarket. We have everything we could ever possibly want, and we just walk through and we pick what we want, and we pay for it all, and we bring it home. But we don't quite understand, most people don't quite understand, that like that butcher section, the seafood section, the, the meats, the cheeses, the, the dairy, the eggs, the ice cream, the, the cereal, the everything, right? That, that there were thousands and thousands of people who came together to make that happen. Like that's an incredible feat. Just getting a fish out of the water, onto a boat, back to the port, into a restaurant, cleaned, scaled, prepped, cooked, plated, and served is a pretty overwhelming thing to think of. So this idea, right, that we're, we're struggling with supply chain, right, that we're, we're struggling to keep our costs down because we priced our menu based on one thing and now we can't get it because of supply chain and this is a simple uh, supply and demand thing as supply goes down, demand goes up and so price goes up. So if we can't get something, there's less of it to go around, there's scarcity and so that people say, okay, well, it's gonna cost more money. If you really want it that badly, you gotta pay more for it. And we've watched this with everything from, you know, chicken wings to eggs to paper products and, and to-go containers and all of that, right? But what's the change, right? What's the change for this? Is there a, is there a community-minded solution to all of these things? Because largely what I've seen us do as an industry over the last little while is simply accept the price, and raise the prices on our menus, or accept the price, take the hit on our profitability, so that we don't affect the uh, the customer experience. Um, but I I gotta believe there's another solution in there. I want to continue this in just a second after a word from another one of our sponsors. Pop Menu has reimagined the restaurant. They're breaking the mold of the menu, taking the kitchen doors off the hinges, serving up their most comprehensive technology solution yet. You've heard me talk about it. It's called Pop Menu Max. It comes with all the previous ingredients you've heard me mention on this show, websites designed with SEO, marketing tools to keep you top of mind with guests, and of course, the patented interactive menu technology. But this new menu, uh, the new recipe brings uh, automated phone answering to the table, third-party online ordering aggregation, waitlisting, and more. Pop Menu's phone answering technology, which we debuted on this show, has your ringing phones covered with artificial intelligence, right? So it's a computer that answers your phone. The simple questions that keep your phone tied up can now be handled by that computer without pulling your staff from the in-person hospitality, right? So no more need for a reservationist. Keep them there at the podium actually being with the guests in your dining room. No more missed reservations. No more people asking for your hours or uh, missed orders or revenue. That's just the beginning. 
You have a passion for food. Pop Menu has a passion for technology. Together, it's a recipe for restaurant success. Now, even more digital ingredients are in their technology pantry, and Pop Menu is helping restaurants attract, engage, remarket, and transact with their guests on a whole new level. Trust me, if you are a restaurant owner, you need Pop Menu to take your business to the next level. For a limited time only, get $100 off your first month, plus you lock in one unchanging monthly rate. Go to popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy to claim this offer. That's $100 off your first month at popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy. As always, that link is in the show notes. So now we're talking about consumer trends. We're talking about supply chain issues. And I'm suggesting that local could be the solution to these complicated supply chains, right? I want you to think about your market. I want you to think about what local might mean for you. In many ways, it, it, it should be a celebration of place. And, and I believe, like we just talked about, a celebration of community. I always think it's so odd, for example, that we have all these uh, we have all these Italian restaurants here in the United States or sushi restaurants, right? So yes, on the one hand, uh, it's a celebration of our our diversity as a country, right? That we're a melting pot. People come here from all over the place and bring their traditions, their cuisines with them. It's great. But what if we took those ingredients, those traditions, the craft, those techniques that we learn from those different cultures, and what if we applied it differently or more deliberately to what we do? to who we are as a community. For example, anyone who's ever been to Italy, for example, knows that there is rich diversity from region to region, right? Campania is totally different than Tuscany. The, the food is totally different, totally different than from Lazio or, or Piedmont. Each of those regions has their own, uh, their own climate, right? Their own weather, their own uh, their own uh, uh, terroir, their own, uh, some are, are coastal, some are mountainous, some are, are, are forests. Each region is wildly different. In one, we've got a very uh, seafood-heavy cuisine. Other focuses on meats or braised meats. One is about, uh, you know, uh, rich, you know, red sauces. Other one is about light sauces. I could go on and on and on, right? Same tomatoes, different application of that ingredient, right? Yes, milk. Milk is milk, but milk turns into cheese, and depending on the region, the cheeses can be wildly different, right? So what, what do we celebrate in the Hudson Valley? What about the Delaware Valley? What about East Texas or West Texas or Northern California versus Southern California? What if we merged our backgrounds and our sense of place to create a whole new version of local, to create a stronger community, one that fights for us in the way we deserve, right? A community that fights for our, uh, our success, that fights for our restaurant to succeed in the way that we need them to, just like we fight for our community to succeed. You know, what if we made local not just a buzzword, but part of who we are? How can we rethink? How can we rethink local? And yes, I, listen, and I'm well aware, this would affect the kind of restaurants and concepts we have. This would affect our menus. This would affect the, the kind of stuff we could put on our menu. Because, hey, the season for asparagus in most parts of this country is only about two months long. So, yeah, you can't get asparagus in, uh, you know, can't get asparagus in September. It just doesn't exist, right? Likewise, there are certain fish that run up the coast. I live here in New York. 
there's certain fish that run up the coast in May, June, July. There's others that run up the coast, you know, in the winter. It would change the kind of uh, the, the kind of food we had at different points. And this is the way the rest of the world, much of the world, operates. America is sort of unique in this. And this has to do with us taking for granted, you know, that food will always just be available from all over the world, you know, flash frozen or waxed or whatever, and it just arrives at our supermarket. So how can we solve that disconnect that people have with their food? How can we make our restaurants uh, a, a deeper, more important part of our community? And again, what I care about it is also how we sol solve these supply chain issues. I think we learned something really crucial over the course of this pandemic, and specifically the year, uh, th this year that we're just going through, right? Again, supply chain kept us from getting certain things and all we did was pay more for them. Because when the item was scarce, the distributors or the producers could charge more, right? It's a simple demand curve. They could charge more. And yeah, we decided, okay, maybe we don't wanna have wings on our menu. But in plenty of occasions, we said, no, we, we need wings on our menu, so we'll just raise the price. And that's fine, but I think there's a different way. I think there's a better way. I, I think we didn't quite learn a, a lesson here through all of these supply chain issues. And, uh, and it's gonna keep rearing its head in time. And I think we can get better. I think we can uh, support our local economies, our local communities, uh, either at the local, regional, state, national level. I think we can get better at this. We can solve the issue, provide a better guest experience at a more affordable cost, we can really create something special and specific to who we are. So that's what I wanted to talk about. This consumer trend, right, right now, supply chain issues, and what does that do to the market? What does that do to the individual economy? And specifically, I wanted to give you my thoughts on how I think restaurants can and should perhaps respond in the future. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. Listen, appreciate you guys being here. Thank you very, very much to our sponsors. Thank you for, uh, for all the listeners for your continued support. I will see you next time.